Hello and welcome to BakaCast for the week of February 1, February 1st, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, 2018. How about about the week of January 25th through uh, February the 3rd? Uh, yeah, sure, that'll work. Uh, my name is Dustin, and I am ostensibly the host of this show. Uh, and with me today is oh, also this is BakaCast. Hi, <laughs> I'm not sure if I said that. This no, is maybe the okay. worst intro I've done in a very long time. Well, uh, with it's me, because <laughs> with you me were... today is Larry. <laughs> yeah, well, the reason we're the, we are is we've had our synapses stimulated, and it didn't need to be stimulated by Aaron. Yes, it's all Aaron's fault. Yes, that that was Ben, by the way. Oh God, this this introduction is all off the rails. Also, we have uh, Emily here. Hey, I'm back to talk about more card captors. Yeah, uh, and that's exactly what we'll do. Right after I mention that you can find show notes at www.projectarhi.net or audioentropy.com. It's, you choose whichever. We don't care. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Card Captor, uh, episodes three through four. Okay. Um, anyone else have something to start off with, or should I should just go into it? <laughs> I, I mean, I'd, uh, uh, yeah, you can just go into it, because all I was going to say is that, um, as someone who lives in Arizona, I cannot conceive of that much rain happening at, at once <laughs> that it's... many that many buckets of rain yeah rain buckets. so i would have I, I would have immediately gone like okay this is definitely magic <laughs> well i mean you're in arizona though and not Toweda, uh this is true city in japan um <clears throat> so uh i just finished watching the whole first series too before um, watching three and four i not finished the i mean i've I'd watched it in the past but I rewatched just recently with my girlfriend, and it kind of puts things into perspective a little bit. Like you know, um, I mentioned last episode that there wasn't really any antagonists in Carcaptor Sakura. That's not entirely true. Ariel is kind of an antagonist in Carcaptor Sakura, the second half, but he also reveals he's just been doing it so that like to help her. Like he's not actually a bad guy. He's like, oh, I was just pretending to be a bad guy. So that you could, like, transform all the cards into Sakura cards, because if she didn't, they would all disappear and become, like, normal cards, which she didn't want. Because all the cards have, like, their own, like, personality and, like, wants and feelings and everything. So she didn't, you know, he didn't want them to all just die. So he he concocted these challenges for Sakura to get through without telling her who he was so that she could transform all the cards. So it's kind of like there's not really any antagonist. But there is kind of this like through line of people lying to Sakura to like, <laughs> yeah. and like that's kind of we'll get to that later, I guess. But the two episodes we see here is that she gets the Aqua card and the Reflect card in one episode, and there's a bunch of rain, and she gets a cute frog outfit, and then in the next episode, the frog outfit is so good. It's very good. The next one, trees felt, start moving around. I, oh, sorry. I, I kind of, I kind of empathize. I. I very much empathize with uh, Tomoyo. I think Tomoyo's amazing. The right, she's yeah, always in that amazing. moment. Like, I very much empathize her with, with her in that moment. Cause I was like, "Oh, dang, that frog outfit is cute." Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable. And then the next one, she gets the act uh, action card, which kind of lets things animate. She fights these trees off. But like, the main thing is that we find out at the end of the fourth episode that 
Shaoran's lying to her. And he yeah. kind of knows what's going on. Ariel might know what's going on. And that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because, like, the entirety of Captain Sakura, Shaoran, and Sakura are just working together. And, like, they're con- like I, I kind of thought that when I was watching this one. I'm like, you never see Shaoran help her. Like, he's got his own magic. He could be helping her. But he's never yeah. around. What's up with that? And then it's like, oh, he's in on it and lying to her. And I'm like, I don't really like the idea that her boyfriend is lying to her for any reason, whatever it ends up being. Like, I didn't really mind Ariel doing it because I didn't like Ariel that much to begin with. So I was like, whatever, he's a dick. But now her boyfriend's doing it, and it's kind of like, eh. Also, the cards this time, it's kind of interesting. They all seem to be creatures or objects. Like, a lot of the cards in the original series were, like, humanoid. Like, a lot of them were represented with, like, women. There's actually only, like, one male card, and it's time, and it's an old man. All the rest of his cute girls, which says a lot about Chloe Reed, the guy who made <laughs> yeah. all the cards. Yeah. <laughs> there will be one old man, and the rest of them will be Moe girls. Exactly. And, like, I also love how, like, um, he made a card called Change, which all it does is change his people's bodies around. <laughs> and he made a card called Flower, which just makes flowers, like... It's, yeah, okay. Chlorine is an interesting man where, like, he he's the most powerful magician in the world, and he's like, I'm gonna make a card that makes flowers bloom, and make a card that makes uh, desserts sweeter. I love it. it just... I, I feel like the power level of these cards fluctuates wildly. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like... Even in the fourth episode, there's actually this really funny bit where uh, Sakura is explaining, like, what the, like, the action card, she's showing it to, uh, gosh, what's his name? Um, the guy who lives in the uh, silver-haired boy. Okay, so Yukito has a uh, another form called Yue, who's like the, yeah. the the moon guardian of the cards, while Karo yeah. is like the sun guardian. Yeah, and so she's showing she's showing the action card to Yue, and Yue is like, "So what does that do?" <laughs> she's like, and like it makes things move, I guess, and like she sort of makes the like little uh, the teacups move around. And he's basically like, that seems kind of shitty. <laughs> and like, and so Sakura's like, yeah, I can't really think of any uses for it. She's like, oh, I can make it, like, carry tea around for me. But And then, like, I think Kara goes, like, you're thinking kind of small. And she's like, well, it made trees move, so. Because, <laughs> yeah. again, like, it kind of is, it seems like all the old cards are separate still. They're, they're just clear now. And now she's thinking yeah. all these new cards, which I guess she's just making on her own. But, like, a lot of them, like, the Gale and the Aqua, for instance, are very reminiscent of Watery and Windy, obviously, from, like, the first series. Because in the first series, even that had power discrepancies where, like, yeah, you'd have a card called the Bubble, where its whole use is to, like, wash things. And then you'd have a card, like, Earthy, which can create earthquakes and move Earth around, and, like, Fiery, which can cause, like, giant fire explosions and shit, like... There's definitely a hierarchy of cards, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a thing that they mentioned in, like, the first series is that, like, there's Arcanas where, like, the light and dark cards are the first cards and then everything kind of goes on from them and those cards are underneath UA and Kara. Like, in the first... The end of the first half of the first series, she has to fight UA to, like, show that she can become the master of the cloud cards and she tries using, like, wood on him and he can control it because that's his Arcana is is wood is underneath him so yeah like it, it goes from like light 
comes to earth and fire, dark comes to watery and windy, and then it kind of just goes down from there in a hierarchy of cards. But now that doesn't matter at all in this series, which has yeah. the, the new cards, Gale, Aqua, Siege, and Action. And I still don't understand why Siege is called Siege. It's just like, it's more like capture. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, cute. I, yeah, I, I, it's I'm, en- I'm enjoying Clear Card a lot. It's very cute and adorable, but I'm not looking forward to like this story where Sharon's lying to her, and it's probably not going to be a big deal in the end. She's like, "Oh, I understand," because that's how Sakura is, and yeah. Yeah. What I am looking forward to is more instances of like Sakura going on exciting adventures and then coming home, and Caro's like, "Yeah, I've just been goofing off at home." Oh playing. yeah. Like- I, I was I was like I was like going through episode three like clicking through it to re- refresh myself and I just happened to stumble upon a frame that shows he was playing a game by Madcom called Dungeon of Dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, it's really good, y'all. I really want to play that game. <laughs> that sounds it, rad. <laughs> it looks like a mixture between like Monster Hunter and like an MMO because it mentions that like yeah Spinel the the other cat uh, guardian. Uh, opposite of um Caraberos is like or Cerberus I guess is um is playing online with him as like a healer or something like that and I thought that was really cute yeah. that Care I I'm I was saying to, or maybe to, it's or maybe it's like a co-op version of like Monster Hunter but well just there's dinosaurs. there's no like there's no like healing magic in Monster Hunter kind of yeah thing. Like, there's no magic in general in oh Monster yeah oh, okay yeah that that's totally like an MMO interface that they're showing well you got yeah, the, yeah. the hunting horn. Yeah, yeah, but it's true. not magic. It's just like, oh, they're playing music and it pumps you up. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's ridiculous. But Monster Hunter is ridiculous. But like, <laughs> um, but yeah, the idea of them playing online games together is great. I remember like saying to my girlfriend while watching the first series, like, "Do you think Caro has a Twitter?" And he totally has a Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah, Caro is all up on that social media because Caro <laughs> wants everyone to think he's rad he's he's the best i i yeah i really i I, i'm enjoying seeing the characters again but again it's a little bit my christmas are it's a little bit samey to like the old show in terms of like just capturing new cards and i'm not excited for sharon being like an enemy or at least like working against sakura in some way i'm not a huge fan of that Well, what I they did introduce a new like mysterious exchange student. Yeah, and she's cool, and she's totally gay. I'm yes, I'm (laughs) definitely interested interested to see what uh what her deal is. Yeah, super interested. I I feel like they're clearly going to make her like another mage, right? Like, Uh, probably she's got something. Well, I noticed too in the intro, like. Um, I paused it, and they show her, and they show this other boy character who they haven't, they haven't introduced yet. So I'm like, I wonder if they have something going on with like them being part of Ariel's plan, because which it seems like that's what they're doing again. Which is another thing that I was like a little bit like, ugh, this is happening oh. again. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I uh, again, I do like her, and the way she looks, and the fact that her name is like Shidamoto, and like they mentioned that she's kind of like Sakura. I reincarnation is a thing that happens in the series and i'm wondering if she's a reincarnation of sakura's mom oh, but that's a very oh man, big we're like gonna that's go a... evan that's it we're gonna go evangelion with this <laughs> well like chloe reed um he reincarnated into ariel and into sakura's dad like two different people 
So like, wait, what? Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. It's weird. <laughs> um, Toya had powers. There's a lot by of stuff that goes down in the original Card Captor Sakura. Huh? Yeah, there's a lot that goes down. Like, like again, like, like you, I think they like you've noticed that like they're they're trying to hide it from Toya that like Caro's a, a a you know an actual magical being, but I don't understand why because yeah. it made it pretty clear at the end of Card Captor Sakura that he knows about everything and yeah, that also he doesn't he like explicitly tell uh the silver-haired boy in this episode like he talks about like oh i gave that power to you or something like yeah like okay so like clearly knows that magic stuff exists yeah there was a plot line in the first series where um after sakura becomes a new master of the cards she she's all the cards are now taking energy from her and including the guardians where like caro can is fine he can he can sustain himself because he's the sun but the moon reflects light and you, so Yue has to be powered by someone else, and she's not strong enough to maintain his form. And he starts disappearing, but then Toya gives all of his magical powers because he used to have powers. He used to be able to sense things and see ghosts and shit. But he gave all of his powers to Yue to sustain him, so that his boyfriend Yukito could stay alive. So like, yeah, like that. They, he already knows everything, so I don't know why they're trying to hide it from him. And I really would think it. Yeah. I want to see Toya and Kara interact because I think they would have really funny interactions <laughs> uh, yeah because like sakura's brother is fantastic actually i love him so much <laughs> he's he's extremely like no nonsense for a show where everybody is like very extra at all times <laughs> <laughs> well i mean he can be extra himself with his, with his whole like like he's clearly got like a sister complex where like he teases her a bunch but he hates Shaoran like in the original series like he wants to beat him up because <laughs> he's gonna take his sister away from him <laughs> so like he's no nonsense but also he give he he'll make fun of his sister and give her all his broccoli <laughs> oh yeah that that was pretty good yeah yeah it's like you, I thought you said you wanted to grow up like to be as tall as a street pole so eat all this vegetables I don't want. <laughs> almost seems like a reference to like the first episode of the first series where she fantasizes growing really big and crushing him underneath his, her foot which is the thing that happens <laughs> that's that's definitely a fetish yeah no i mean like car captain sakura is very innocent pure show but it definitely has fetish feel in it <laughs> there's like two episodes where well there's, there's three episodes one where sakura shrinks one where she gets really tall and then one where she does both so like because <laughs> there's a little card and the big card and their whole their whole point is to make things smaller or bigger yeah it does what it says on the tin that yeah, makes yeah, sense yeah which again says a lot about chlorine yeah it does <laughs> uh but yeah i've i've been enjoying I, I definitely understand your uh your concerns with uh how episode four ends because um like it does kind of imply that it put them on different footing. Yeah, um, and I was really excited it, for them to just be a couple, and now it's yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, like I'm fine. I'd be fine with other people like sort of being kind of secretive and mildly manipulative, but it yeah, it feels weird. Yeah, but so it, it, Shaoran, yeah, it's, specifically. It's, it's her boyfriend, too, and he's lying to her. Like, when, whenever I say Shaoran, I want to say Shenron, but he's not the... No, he's not he's the not eternal dragon. dragon. living inside seven <laughs> balls, no. No, he's not doing that. <laughs> I've been catching up Are... on Super, and, like, when 
the dragon's afraid of Beerus. That was pretty good. <laughs> I I love how in Dragon Ball... Okay, I, I can't talk about Dragon Ball Super too much. But mm-hmm. I do love how in Dragon Ball Super, Shenron basically turns into a comedic character. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, uh, Card Captor, it's still good. There's a mild caveat of Episode 4 introducing a plot line that may not be great. Yeah, sorry I'm kind of still... dominating the conversation here. I'm curious what you guys it, think mean, of the show so far. It's, it's still very fun. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm going to give these episodes fours. Um, I think I'll give Episode 3 a 5 and Episode 4 a 4. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. I'll... I also continue to really like the after credit scenes where Caro introduces the next episode. Oh yeah, those are really uh, good. I need to almost watch those. En- almost entirely for when the black cat like taps on a signboard to tell him <clears throat> to shut the hell up. Yeah, Spinel's really good. <laughs> yeah. Um I would give episode three I think I would give it like a five. And then I would give four like uh, I might even give it like a 3.5 just because I really don't like that ending. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be it for this edition of Card Captor Sakura Clear Card. <laughs> uh, we will see you next week, Emerald. Yeah, thanks so much and, for having uh, me on to just like rant at you guys for like 20 minutes about this anime. <laughs> no, that's, that is explicitly why I brought you on because I want to have a little variety on this podcast Aww. well thank you <laughs> alright yeah so thank you for joining us and uh, we'll see you next time whatever yeah. the dragon is kill it twice for me <laughs> sure monster hunter bye bye Bye. alright so let's move on to Magus's Bride episodes 15 and 16 yeah, where we thought for a minute we were going to lose the star, but no, we don't lose her. But uh, I have to admit, I like uh, the way Silky does house decorating. Yeah, I I really like... I, I, I was not expecting to get Silky backstory, um, but I really enjoyed what we got. Yes. Um, Your friendly neighborhood banshee. Yeah, I also, uh, I think before we get to that, though, oh, crap. Oh, wait, no, no, that is episode 15. Okay, episode Yeah, 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 episode 15 has, like, you know, basically, you know, like, uh, has Chise, you know, going to, going to Fairyland to recover from, you know, basically the, uh, her illness. Overuse of her magic. Yeah. And, you know, except it turns out that, except it turns out that she spent like, like, like months in, in fairy, uh, months, uh, in fairyland. Yeah. It's oh, a couple, yeah, yeah. A couple of weeks equals and, a couple of months. And right, so like then the second, so then the second half of the episode shows, <clears throat> shows, uh, yeah, shows Silky like you know back at you know back at home you know keeping the house and like reflecting on her past and how she came you know how she came to be uh in in this house silky is adorable 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like Sel- I really like uh, Silky as well. Um, I also really like Cool Elf. No, not Cool Elf. Cool Fairy. Yeah. Uh, her name is uh, Her name is Shannon. Yeah. And yeah, she was cool. Yeah, I uh, I mostly just <clears throat> I I like the idea of them like incorporating the more traditional sort of aspects of Fey, um, how sort of they like they originally were in folk tales where. You know, fairies weren't like these, oh, like Tinkerbell, sort of, like, benevolent, pretty things. They were mischievous and assholes who would steal children <laughs> and just play tricks because that was in their nature. No, no, Very no, no, sort let's, of, let's, like... Let's not get the agents, fairy union mad at us. Agents of chaos. Um, and sort of like a... Uh, more of magical representations of like a civilization's constant struggle with the um seemingly chaotic and un and unpredictable uh natural surroundings that kind of like were constantly on their border uh it it very much harkens back to that kind of tradition with folk tales um so oh, I, I, I like how Magus' Bride incorporates those those sorts of old folk tales. Yep. Well, the part that I found interesting is when the doctor was uh, treating her and said, well, you know what? She says, you need to be drowned. I will drown you. You need to fight back. Oh, gee, you fought back. Good deal. Then you're worth saving. Oh, yeah. I, that was... <laughs> though the moment it happened, I was like... Man, does everyone in this world like want to kill this girl? <laughs> it seems like every time she meets someone new, there's a like coin flip chance that that person is gonna try and murder her at some point. <laughs> no, she's just trying to get GA to actually care about things. Yeah, yeah it's... it's like care about your life, damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of those yeah, things I was, I was like, popular. yeah, when when yeah, when she was like first doing that, I was like, wait, what's up with that? And then. You know, and then it all, you know, but then by the end, it all makes sense, and it works. Well, you know, if she was really in real, real danger, Elias would have been there in like two seconds flat. Yeah, that's why I figured that it, it wasn't actually malicious, because, like, by the time she lost her breath and Elias still hadn't arrived, I was like, oh, okay, they're clearly gonna, there's gonna be a reveal, a twist here. Um... I, I also I also really like Elias's defense of humans mm-hmm. in this episode uh, to the fairy queen um, about how like humans may like may be more uh, violent and uh, I can't remember exactly what the fairy queen's argument is, but uh, Elias's defense is that for all of humanity's flaws they are also you know at their best the most tolerant and accepting of uh like different experiences and cultures and types of beings Um, humans are flexible where fairies are not yeah uh 
which is also <clears throat> true to folk tales in that fairies have fairies like art have a, they're very much a uh, bound by like narrative restrictions in terms of like th- their very natures um, which is kind of like a oh man I can't start talking about meta text in this review I can't uh, but <laughs> yeah so I, I like that whole conversation I liked how it goes to Silky um, and reveals her backstory uh, as a lonely banshee um, and sort of what her powers are around the home uh, well, like I it said, was just she's hired for decorating duty anytime she's ready yeah I also really like I think this also happens in episode 15 where maybe near the end I can't remember where uh, Chise comes in from it, Elias is having a talk with uh, Roots mm-hmm. and Elias is like look Chise doesn't tell me things so as her familiar, you need to tell me things on her behalf because she say is too reluctant. And there and she's then, standing in the doorway. Yep. Yeah, and then Roots is like, "Yeah, she's cold, by the way." And then she says, "Like, uh, no, it's just because I just came in. It'll be fine." <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <clears throat> uh, Roots continues to be my favorite character in this show. Yes. He's a very good dog. And then we can um, move on to 16 where he has a cameo, Wolf Wolf. Yeah, yeah, episode 16 where uh, he follows her out to go shopping. Uh, but because you can't just, like, bring along a weird shadow dog <laughs> into, like, the mall, <laughs> he's like, oh, I'll just be your shadow now. <laughs> just gonna... Though it's funny because, like, he melts into her shadow in the middle of a train station. It's like, that wasn't like very subtle but it is what I, it I, is I, yeah uh and then she uh talks with um uh alice yeah and we get alice's backstory as sort of like this uh homeless girl uh picked up by renfred um and she's initially suspicious of him because why wouldn't she be? Because she's kind of had a terrible life, and basically everybody has abused her. Uh, not not in like necessarily the physical sense, but like used her for like uh, selling drugs and just not uh, has not treated her well. Um, more emotional abuse, really. Uh, and like the scene where he just get his gets his face sliced up by that weird spirit in the book and it looks real bad and she and alice rightfully says yo are that looks real bad are you okay you need to get that checked out he's like oh it's fine like half your face is gone dude Uh, but yeah, episode, episode 16 was a, a really good bit of backstory. Yeah. I also like that uh, Chisei's gift for um, gift for Elias is basically like, 
It reminds me of like the gifts I would used to get my dad when I was, wasn't really sure what to get my dad. Like I'd always get him like a tie or something. Yep. <laughs> That's basically what Chise does. It's like, oh, you're always wearing this brooch. Here's another brooch for you. Yeah. <laughs> you always seem to like be calmed by wearing that brooch. <laughs> it's it yeah. And then always well, gives her a giant teddy bear. Yes. Yeah. Because clearly all girls like giant teddy bears, right? I mean, that, that, that's how human uh, girls work. Look, if someone gave me a giant plushed animal, I'd be pretty stoked about it too. To be perfectly <laughs> honest. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, the only thing I can say is from experience, yes, giant stuffed teddy bears have a tendency to uh, calm a rather upset. Yeah. Yes. Giant stuffed teddy bears, in my experience, are fairly universal good gifts. Um, and uh, again, like Elias and Chise are both kind of new to the gift giving experience, so having both of them give like very stereotypical gifts it makes a lot of sense for both of their characters. Um, uh, oh yeah, I also like the the part near the beginning of this episode, you know, where they're. Uh, <coughs> like picking out stuff from the forest uh and then just like they're interrupted by this centaur and like pregnant lady riding the centaur mm-hmm. and they don't really explain you know what's up with those two we just sort of like get a very nazgul sort of vibe from them where like you just want to you don't want them to see you <laughs> Uh, yeah. I think the pregnant the pregnant lady uh, looked kind of like uh, the fairy queen Titania. Uh, no, it's I'll, not. It it definitely wasn't. Titania has a very different look. The um, the uh, it's the um, what is it? Horn god and his dark lady. Basically, yeah, think of the, them the, as elder gods. You just don't want to mess with them. Yeah, because I because yeah. I recall the the two like bird things bird fairies like uh warning she say about them at the beginning of the episode and i thought it was kind of neat that they you know then showed up and they don't really explain them you just know from visual cues that like you don't want to mess with them or be in their general vicinity yeah that was cool <laughs> yeah it was it was a really good moment of like sort of uh, tension and a reminder that as as pretty as this world is, it's also filled with a lot of danger if you're not paying attention. Well, the, One of the, the things that I also like about uh, Megas Bride is that it shows that Elias is really powerful um, as far as sort of offensive magic goes and sort of utility magic. But yeah. he is not by far the strongest thing here. Yeah, yeah, he's not the top of the food chain. He's just a particularly skilled mage, and like, there's a lot of people, even even mages, who are, you know, higher up than he is on the food chain, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a nice change from a lot of a lot of manga and anime, where the sort of protagonist or what have you is, you know, always strongest. Yeah, he, always he's wins. the best at all things ever what's up sword art online (laughs) uh but yeah i i do like how the show is establishing establishing elias as like really not all that special as far as like the this magical world at large is concerned he's just like a famous guy 
Um, yeah, because he's he's not human and he's not fairy. He's, he's there's something off about him. Yeah, yeah, he's something weird. Um, and and also like, Elias himself even mentions that you know with the proper training, the uh, Chise will be even more skilled with magic than he will. So, so like, at... his, his ultimate goal is for Chise to surpass him. So we're at the yeah. end, and, and also and... not die. Yeah, ideally. <laughs> so we're because otherwise right. the the other portion isn't going to happen. So we're at the end, and Elias is going. You know, you shouldn't wander off by yourself. Uh, next time you do that, I'm going with you. And Chise's like, "No, I had girl talk, and you wouldn't have been welcome." So, yeah, I'll remember what you said, but don't invite yourself, dear. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that as well in that, you know, it does the whole thing of like, oh, you should have had asked me along and not run off here on your own. And Chise actually, like, says, nah, I'm going to do what I want. And then Ellie says, like, all right, fair. Uh, like, <laughs> but, so, uh, am, I, am I going to uh, stop right, you? If you insist. Yeah, this no, was... that that was a good moment. Like, the the more they the more they sort of back away from the initial power structure as it was presented in the first couple episodes, um, you know, the more, uh, the more sort of equal and sort of, uh, the more, I guess, healthy their relationship becomes. Well, um, the thing that got me is I can't remember which character it was, but she walked up and says, well, you guys are married, right? Oh, the other guy's um, yeah, assistant. Yeah, it's like you know, you guys are married, right? So you know, what's it like? And she's like, dip, 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 what? So yeah, it's it it's playing to some it's playing to some rather strong strongs here. I like this. I think both fives. I really like about Megas Bride. I don't know if they did it in the anime or not. Um, but when they like bring in the sort of uh, traditions, it's like yes, you need to cut down the mistletoe and then catch it in a white sheet before it hits the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. They they don't explicitly mention that, but they show them doing it. Yeah, it's... like they they don't they don't say the rules, but they show them like performing the tasks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things I really like about the manga, and it's like it's stuff that you wouldn't think but sounds realistic enough to be like yeah that should ward off fairies mm-hmm. it's it's <clears throat> detail that the show goes to at times to you know I mean they could have walked in the forest and walked back out with a bag full of mistletoe and you wouldn't have been any the wiser but no they wanted to make sure that you know well yeah that. that's that see that's that goes 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 back to one of the things really distinctive about this show is how the magic operates upon on on uh, fairy tale and folklore logic rather than physics or superpower logic. Mm-hmm. And didn't I remember right? A piece of yellow mistletoe is what the pregnant person picked up, saw saying on the ground, and reached over and picked up as they were marching along. Somehow I remember that scene. Yeah, something like that. Okay. I'm seeing I'm seeing screenshots of it. So yeah. Okay, so uh, my my brain's not completely totally gone. It's just uh, kind of lurking. 
there you go. So like I said, I uh, I give them both. Uh, yes, I give them both uh, fives. Yeah, I I really enjoyed them. I'll give them fives as well. Um, let's move on yeah, to. Uh, yeah, I'll give them. I'll give them. Oh, five. sorry, Ben. I'll give them fives. <laughs> I'm too eager. <laughs> let's no, let's no, move I, on I, to uh, Violet Evergarden episode three, where uh, Violet goes to typing school, and do, initially does very poorly. <laughs> Well, no, no she, she does she, great at well, typing. Yeah, she, yeah she, she's she, very good at the at task of typing. Um, she, she's got all the mechanics down. She's just the emotional block is there. Yeah, she's very. She's, if I may be a little bit pretentious, she's very good at typing, but she's very bad at writing. <laughs> she has no emotion. Yeah. Well, it's it's not that she doesn't have emotion. Like she clearly does. It's just she doesn't understand how to contextualize what she is feeling and what other people are feeling um yeah like she experiences emotion but she doesn't understand you know what those things are kind of like if you grew up like and and no one told you like what colors are like you you can still see colors you're just not sure how to talk about them like how do you how do you describe colors if you've never, if no one's ever like really explained those to you before? Okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, it's I really liked this episode. Um, I I especially liked the characters in it and like the the sort of like secondary character like the minor character she meets at the school. Um, and how they can give that character like that character is only in one episode and they give her a like complete story arc like in like in a satisfying one um, and one that directly um, that like directly advances Violet's own storyline and makes her a like more complete person yeah, um, you know, it's really impressive. Yeah, what what I like about it is that it's showing it's sort of showing uh, Violet's character development from an outside perspective. Uh, like, I mean, like like most of the this like this episode is from like the point of view of Lucilia, who's like uh, Violet's classmate in you know doll school. Um, you know, and we sort of, we see, you know, we see Violet from the outside. You know, but we still, but it, it, but it doesn't stop us from getting some insight into her thought process. So, yeah, you know, and it, and it shows Violet, like, learning and changing and growing uh, even through the, you know, through this, you know, but without, like, it, without being stuck in Violet's head. I, I was, I was impressed by how they, how they did this. Yeah, I, I'm shocked, I said it before, but I'm shocked by how much I am enjoying this show. Um, in fact, it, it's actually kind of, it said, it really says something about the, 
the shows this season that um, my favorite ones are both like slice of life and like melodrama, <laughs> which normally are not shows I particularly go for. Um, but Violet, Gar Violet Evergarden is just one that's done extremely well. I also like how they're incorporating the uh, sort of secondary characters and um, weaving in their own like plot threads and personal problems and sort of conflicts with each other uh, and how the sort of main uh, doll like the, the best one I can't remember her name um, the one who like is tutoring like is who, who basically initially started tutoring a, a Violet um, is it seems like she's going to be pushing against uh, like uh, pushing the uh, the dude who Violet is sort of under the care of to like actually tell the truth about what happened to Violet's commander um, yeah kind of that's going to happen and when it does it's going to be uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes yeah done improperly it is not going to end well I can tell you that yeah but yeah and like um on and what's on and what's what I like about it is that on the one hand you can kind of see why he isn't saying anything um prob like because you know in his shoes you can sort of make the argument that or you can imagine him making the argument that like she barely even knows how to process like the emotions she's, she's feeling now um who knows how like learning of his like death would affect her um and sort of trying to s stave off it's sort of like sort of trying to delay that conversation until she can like process those kinds of emotions so like you can or at least i imagine that is what his argument would be um so like you can kind of you can kind of see an explanation of like why you would delay it but on the other hand you know there's a, obviously a very good argument that you know it couldn't it, it could also be worse uh because then you know what if that just means she doesn't trust you anymore <laughs> uh yeah, it's it's not a clear cut issue. Um, well, and the thing is, is you know, it's like she is relatively strong and headstrong, and yeah. approached wrong, uh, you might wind up in a pile of uh, you know, <clears throat> holding up yeah, a wall. Like, there's the ar there's an argument to be made that like you know, yeah, she she is in some ways like developmentally like a child uh in terms of like how she processes processes emotions but intellectually like she is still an adult um she clearly uh she's clearly an intelligent person so there's also an argument to be made that you know maybe just put a little more trust in her <laughs> and just tell her the truth 
Well, don't handle her with kids' gloves. There, um, there's probably a reason that we haven't found out yet why he's not doing it. It may make sense when we get to that point, but I'm also not holding my breath. Yeah. Um, I'm, I sort of went way off track there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed this episode of Violet Evergarden. Ben, did, did you have anything? Yeah, I. No, yeah. <clears throat> I'm. Uh, I like. I. I'm giving it a five. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing about. That's the thing is that. You know, Kyoto Annie. You know, when they have good source material, like they always execute on whatever they have really well. But when they have good source material, then it just they take it to the next level. Yeah, I I will also give this episode a five. I'm wondering uh, if uh, the the other girl, the redhead one, uh, is going to get a job at the company. Could be because I kind of like if she showed up more. That She's would be character. nice. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Also, um, I really love whenever Violet tries to write a letter in episode two and three. Oh yeah, no they're. <laughs> It's a good balance of being, like, very cringy, but also, like, okay, that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, especially the one in episode two that's like, please try again with additional gifts. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, please bribe me. <laughs> um, I also like that her outfit makes her kind of look like Saber. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. She is a bit of a saber face, isn't she? God damn it. <laughs> oh, now look what you did. <laughs> I knew I liked her design for a reason. <laughs> the one thing, the uh, only thing that I think annoyed me about this episode is that she somehow gets the mark of, like, super high outstanding auto doll with after writing a single letter. Oh, yeah. It did feel like very much a like protagonist victory. Yeah, it was a setup. But overall, yeah, really good. All yep. of the three episodes I watched so far. Yeah, give them fives. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to Kokoku episodes three and four, um, which I've. This show is weird. Yeah. Um, I'm still not entirely sure. Like, it, it's got a shockingly slow plot structure, actually. Because, like, for the for the past, like, four episodes, the plot line has been, like, we, we want to get out of this, like, time stop, but we can't until we reunite everybody. Because if we don't, then, like, we'll just be lost for, like, we'll just lose that person forever. <laughs> Yeah, I still don't quite understand that portion. Where it's well, like, if we jump to another one, these guys will cease to exist. Like, wait, what? Uh, I think it's more like... Or at least the, the way I interpreted interpret it... God, uh, interpreted it is that, like... Only, only, like, that dude knows how to actually... Like return to normal time flow and so if 
if if he left with the rest of, with like himself just himself or some like other people and left some others behind they would not be able to un like unstop time and they'd just be stuck in that instance forever um at least that's see at least that's what i gathered from that conversation and like the flashback scene he had with uh his daughter yeah the the other question i have is apparently the stones or what the the like secondary stones just automatically generate a field i guess when the primary stone goes off because otherwise he wouldn't have had time to activate it i'm Un unless he's continually sitting right next to it watching the camera of their house i'm not i, I don't know there's, there's a lot of stuff about this time shenanigans that don't make a whole lot of sense <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and then you just I, have you know, the dumb it. portion of episode two where the grandfather finds out that they have their own stone and then doesn't take it. Oh, I for I for I forgot. I thought. I... Oh right, yeah. Because is it like two halves of the same stone, or is it like a whole separate stone? It's a whole separate stone. Okay. I actually completely forgot that part. I thought like they were still trying to steal their stone, which I because they don't have their own. But I guess they're trying to steal their stone because well, their stone is the main stone. stone. Yeah, yeah, their stone is the main stone. More powerful. Okay. I guess I'm not sure. I I'm not sure what the difference is. I guess like the main stone allows them to learn the teleport power. No, it. Well, from what I'm thinking is that like the the power is individual because the grandpa said that his grandpa couldn't teleport oh right yeah so he can teleport and the daughter can like do the sweet like punch your spirit like punch your time jellyfish from your body move yeah um Mm. Yeah, they've got their own special powers, I guess. So then, what? The, what? So what makes the main stone special then? I, th that's like, what I'm trying to like. Like how more how powerful? more powerful than can you get? Then I can stop time for as well, long as I want to. Like I said, I don't think the secondary stones can stop time. I think they simply generate a bubble uh, once the main stone is activated. Okay. So I don't think they can trigger it on their own. Hmm. Uh, this is this is just all my okay. theories and assumptions. That that would make sense, I guess. But again, the problem is is that he would have had to his entire group plus the thugs that he hired sitting around the thing constantly waiting for them to activate it. Yeah, like I like the show, but it's also kind of a bit of a mess um, in terms of like structure. Uh, it's especially bad because, like, there are a lot of times where I'm never entirely sure where everybody is in relation to each other. Um, they're dealing with a lot of moving parts, and they don't really establish, like, location very well or distance. Like, there's no... Yeah, like, outside, outside of the destroyed... The yeah, outside of the destroyed house, there aren't really any landmarks that I can use to... 
really create a mental picture of their surroundings in my mind and considering like a big portion of episodes two and three are about them trying to evade capture while also staying close enough to like eventually like try and save their people and like doing this cat and mouse thing it it's just really weird to not be able to at all picture exactly you know what they're doing and where everybody is um it's all very kind of vague and amorphous uh i i do like um i do like the main characters the villains are dull like they're very cardboard cut out um their goal is just to like have more power and consolidate that power and like that's fine i guess but um generally if you're going to give your villain a very cardboard cut out motivation you can at least make them entertaining or like at least visually exciting and like the villains are not that at all well yeah, i feel like the last people i well it's actually that that the other woman uh on the villain side she's sort of interesting because uh oh yeah she's interesting um, but also, like, she doesn't get nearly as much screen time as I'd like her to. I, ha- uh, I have $50 down on her defecting to the good guys. Oh, it, it yeah, it definitely seems like that's eventually going to happen. Um, also, I like at the end, when one of the thugs finally uses his brain, and he just pretends to be stopped. As they oh, yeah. Past. Yeah, that was real good. It's like, hey, you guys actually thought about it this time. Yeah, instead of just like charging, charging at the group from like thirty yards away, they definitely won't dodge us this time, as we're screaming at them. Also, the grandpa has very impressive stamina. Oh yeah, I also, it's also very sad because like the grandfather can teleport. Oh, sorry, not the grandfather, but the the father can teleport no but he's grandfather. not oh yeah it is the grandfather okay the grandfather can teleport but he's not very like good at aiming it so like oh. whenever he teleports he like teleports like a little too far above and they always just like land really hard on the pavement <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's hilarious Um, yeah, yeah, I, it's a messy show, but I'm enjoying it. Um, I, I think I'll give both episodes fours. I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them fives. I am, I am really enjoying this show. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to give, uh, the three that I've watched so far, all threes. It's been Okay. But it's not anything great yet. Although it does make me wonder if the entire series, they're just going to be stuck in the stasis. Yeah, that's that's what I thought too. Like, from the initial premise, it seemed like it was going to be more like they, like, use the uh, time stop power, like, occasionally. I didn't realize it was going to be like, okay, time has stopped and now we're just... It's like now we're just in this one instance of time, which yeah, I mean could could be cool, 
but they're not really doing much with that particular concept. Like, there's, uh, though that does occasionally like have fun effects when they're fighting, like when she just throws the stone at them, but then as yeah, soon yeah. as it leaves, it leaves her hands because like it's it's still affected by the time stop. It just kind of floats in the air. Yeah, they <laughs> they try to shield themselves and it goes like two feet. Yeah, yeah, it, it was really clever. Um, I also like the scene of like one of the goons like stealing. Uh, oh wait, no, it wasn't the goon. It was uh, the kid like taking a can of soda and making like a trail of soda in this in the air. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I. I just wish they would do a little more. If they, if they were gonna keep it in this one instance of time, I wish they do 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 more with that concept. Um, well, well, I do like how you know even in this one instance of time, we're getting all these twists and reveals. Uh, I actually I like shows that have that kind of like unity of time and place. I mean, but what twists and reveals are there? Well. There's, uh, you know, it, like there... so far, there's been absolutely nothing out of the ordinary or what's extremely predictable. Yeah. I, I was, I'm, I was into it. Well, that happens occasionally. Also, how many thugs do they have? Apparently a lot. Like that was that's what I was thinking. It's like, man, how many jellyfish like exist here? Like I thought it was like a special thing, but it seems like basically friggin' anyone can get a jellyfish inside them. Yeah, and then like at the uh when they were um after they initially teleported away, uh when they were still at the house trying to rescue the the kid and their brother, um like they they sent people to go look for them and there was only like three people. And now, when the thugs are trying to kill them, there's like six. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. Mm, there's a good possibility they don't either. It's, it's weird. I feel like the show has, is trying to do something that they're not. It's not written well enough to do. Yeah, it's it's like it's ambitious, and I you know I appreciate the ambition that ambition. They're trying to do something unique, um, but yeah, again, it's it's a little messy. <laughs> there, there's a reason that time travel shenanigans are incredibly hard to write well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah, like I think I already gave them fours, but I'm not sure if everybody else has rated rated them yet. I got threes. I gave them fives. All right. And I didn't watch them. <laughs> uh, now on to probably my favorite show of this season, A Place Further from the, further Than the Universe, episodes three through five. Uh, this show is Talk really good, about and I still can't quite believe it. <laughs> Talk about a con job. She managing to say well you know if your daughter doesn't want to go well if we go with her she'll go oh well okay fine let's do that then i want to give a special shout out to i want to say it's episode four i think um 
where she takes the like permission note to her mom. Hmm. Yeah. And the directing of this scene is actually incredible. <laughs> uh, where they're like, okay, I mean, she's she's cooking, and like, she, but she's not like intensely cooking. So she probably doesn't know. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, but wait, what if it's just a faint? Yeah, but then she yeah. asks the pointed question, and then she's like, well, okay, maybe she knows, but maybe, like, yeah, maybe she's just, maybe that's just a trick. <laughs> and then, and then like, the, occasionally the camera will cut to her, like, slicing the carrot, and it's framed in, like, this very dramatic view with an exaggerated Foley effect for the knife slicing through a carrot. It's, and it's, it's very just, ominous. It's so good. The tracking is so good. It's like straight out of a horror film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then and then the little sister just shuts the door. Yeah, yeah, the little sister's like, sorry, you're on your own. And then like you know, when like and the mother takes the ladle to her and the sister closed the door she's like i'm sorry i'm sorry then you just hear her screams yeah the father's holding the door yeah she goes to the front door and dad's there and dad chickens out takes one look at mom and and, and panics yeah that was so good the dad never even speaks a word like he just opens the door it's like and then he just sees the mother holding the ladle ladle as like all right, no, <laughs> not doing this. Well, with the door shut, he's like, I'm sorry, daughter, I'm sorry, daughter, I'm sorry. He's yeah. Like, yeah. Um, oh, man. No, uh, the this, thing is... What, the thing this, is, this show does comedy so well. Uh, the, the thing that got me is when the mother was holding the piece of paper and she looked at it and she says, so who filled this out? And who put my stamp on it? Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, well, Mom, I was kind of hoping you would, uh, kind of hoping what? Uh, yes. And then the friend betrayal at the end of episode, I guess it was episode, It was episode five when that happened. The de- Dear My Friend, where, um, Megumi, I think it is. Megumi, yes. Yeah, re- reveals that, like, she was, like, intentionally working against her friend because, you know, she didn't... She was like, jealous. she ends up, yeah, jealous and also, like, more reliant on her than she really wanted to admit. Um, and then, like, even... And so, like, obviously they do the thing where, you know, the... Um, uh, where you know she says, "Oh no, you're you're still my friend. Your breakup is rejected." And then Megumi says, "Like no, you like like she she like appreciates the gesture, but says like no, I'm I'm still doing it because like I have to do this for my own well being." Well, it's <laughs> like, three months, so you know. However, it works out, but uh, yeah, the. Uh, the part of that that I that I liked was uh, she's like you are so dense you haven't figured yeah. this out let me let me let me draw a map out for you you know yeah, so. let me explain my dastardly plan um, I also really liked the 
section in I believe it was episode four where they are uh, doing the training, like yes. the testing, and they have to uh, mark flags in the correct spots. You don't do just, that out there, and you do die. Yeah, and just trying to figure out like, okay, how do we use this compass properly? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I just like her initial you... reaction. Yeah, where it's like it's flat. Can't you just see where you're going? No, because it's oh, all yeah. white. It's all white, Bubby. And if you <laughs> make one wrong step, uh, the next thing that you see white usually has fangs, and it's called polar bear. Everything. Wait, do polar bears exist? No, they do not. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I didn't think so. No. Wait a minute. I thought there was polar bears down there to eat the seals. I mean, there's no. polar bears up in like. Hey, the, there's that the pol- Canada area. I thought there was. Polar okay, bears. I'm gonna look this up. I know there's Antarctica. Pan- is the Fauna. bottom. Arctic is the top. I don't think yeah. there's anything in Antarctica. Antarctica yeah, fauna. Uh, penguins, uh, yep. various other birds like the albatross, seals. Yeah, there's 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 no bears. Mm. Just just most mostly birds and seals and also yeah. So what like eats the penguin? Something eats the penguin. Well, besides orca, orcas. Orcas do. <laughs> orcas some... eat a shitload of penguins. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They they are called killer whales for nothing. Yeah. I like. It's something from, uh, oh, episode two, <laughs> when they talk about the uh, hospitality industry getting a job there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> where they're where they're For the like compensated oh, dating. Yeah, it's like well we need to need to make money somehow. <laughs> no. <laughs> and Megumi's just like no, no. Actually, this is what it is. Yeah. And then all the people making <clears throat> fun, and then there at the last, the, the principal's going, and they're going to Antarctica, and the whole place is going, what, what? Yes, they're actually going to Antarctica. I also really like the scene in the second episode where they're trying to seduce one of the guys from the club. Oh, yeah, and just are failing miserably at it. Yeah, it's like, she just like, does, like, like one... this weird supposedly sexy pose. It's like, which one of us has the largest breasts? Get out there. <laughs> <laughs> and none of them know how to do do anything, which is fine because they're all high schoolers. They're like 15. It's a pretty good scene. Yeah, it's it's very funny. Um, like, like again, this this show is extremely funny. Um, it has some of the best comedy uh, I've seen in a while. Uh, it's also just very a very pretty show. Um, mm-hmm. It has some of the best animation of any shows this season as well, uh, which I was not really expecting. Surprise. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they like. Uh, I even I even really don't mind um, the main character at all, uh, even though she's very much the sort of stereotypical uh, UE kind of archetype. Um, I, I think I don't mind it as much because she's not like super over the top, and she is like she is because she's at her core kind of and an anxious individual um, and that anxiety often manifests itself in 
sort of like this this boisterousness and this restlessness that she has mm-hmm. uh so she feels a lot more well-rounded than other ganky girls of that same archetype uh though i know aaron still doesn't care for her which you know fair i i just don't like ganky girls and stupid ganky girls are even worse yeah uh though i i feel like she is kind of not necessarily like stupid like she's not an idiot she just doesn't try very hard so she she's more ignorant than she is stupid like she doesn't feel like she has the mental capacity of a five-year-old uh unlike with some ganky girl archetypes True. she just doesn't try very hard mm-hmm. i do like the scene in episode five with the sister going through her stuff that she packed oh yeah she's like oh, why yeah. do you even well, have i this like pan? the lying about it's diamond coated the, the lying about her weight thing was good, too. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, you weigh how much? she has is just, like, this potato peeler. Oh, yeah. It's like, why would you even need that? That's, <laughs> you know, that's the thing. It's trying to, you know, they're trying to portray, and I hope they portray it correctly when you get to either one of those places, the North Pole or the South Pole. Hey, it's uh, it's basically uh, lights, camera, sound, Santa, no, cold, windy, white, yes. The one thing that I don't understand, or rather what I find weird, and maybe I'm just being dumb, but how they're limited to 100 kilograms, wouldn't the better limitation be like a certain number of boxes? Uh, it's no, not necessarily... Wh- well, I think it's because of like stuff they bring on the ship. Well, well, you're on an icebreaker. Icebreakers are weight-sensitive to a point. I mean, they've got to have enough weight in them to bring ice, but you don't want an icebreaker sitting too low in the water or you get another surprise. Yeah, Yeah, but if you bring, you know, 12 boxes of really light stuff, you're still going to have a problem. I... The only thing I can go by is an experience that was decades ago, and I know that the rules have changed a lot since then, so it's kind of like information that uh, you go, huh? But, uh, I mean, even when we were going in that direction, it, there was weight limitations on what you could bring with you. Um, also, I love the product placement that's ever so slightly off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You have cola, coca. Yeah. Well, you know, we still got these trademarks that we need, even though anybody with half a bit of sense of humor is going to look at that and go, oh, yeah, I know what that is. And and Pony Station. And then, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Again, I don't know if I'm dumb or missing something, but, but it says... 17,100 discovered, world's largest collection of meteorites. And then it says reference, America, 17,301. It's so much fun to be an American, though. It's like, uh, that that math doesn't add up right, guys. Yeah. Also, they mentioned pudding shakes. How have I not known that Japan has pudding shakes? Wait, pudding shakes? Oh, dang. Yes. That sounds delicious, actually. It, it is. 
There. Dimension pudding shakes, and I immediately want one. Oh, yeah, no, that sounds... Yeah, <laughs> goodbye pudding shakes. Man, I want to try a pudding shake. I thought I thought a pudding shake. Give me all the type <clears throat> of shakes. Uh, which, speaking of which, Aaron, they, uh... The... Freddy's, uh... The Freddy's uh, fast food place just opened up on Happy Valley and Lake Pleasant, so now I have one, like, three miles away from me. Nice. Oh, I got so one out I here. Have, Food's good. So I have both a Culver's and a Freddy's in very close distance, which is dangerous. highly dangerous to Freddy's, my own health. Freddy's chili with onions and cheese, if it's the same recipe there as it is here, is to die for. Oh, I've, I don't think I've ever tried their chili. I've mostly had their uh, burgers and fish sandwiches and uh, when they have fish sandwiches available well, uh, and their chicken strips. If you get the chicken sandwich, grilled chicken sandwich, and instead of fries, substitute the chili. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. They're, uh, they're, they're, uh, oh, man, I'm not sure I could ever substitute the fries because their fry sauce is too good. Mm -hmm. I know, but you know, some of us can't eat French fries anymore. So, oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, <laughs> well, it's it's called life. It happens. Da 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 da. Film at eleven or twelve. Yeah, fives. Yeah, agree. Yes, yes, I'm giving them fives. I'm gonna give it a four only because I enjoy it, but I'm still not entirely sure why I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, that's the funniest thing to me where you you mentioned like oh yeah i'm on episode three and i still don't know why i'm continuing to watch it i don't know why i like it yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like well, the, the show is basically everything that i avoid and just don't particularly like and, and yet i'm still watching it going like okay this is pretty good hey he's hooked guys it's it's weird don't have to reel him in he's already hooked But yeah, so um, let's move on to uh, Garo, episodes 14 and 15. <clears throat> yes, two episodes with no sword. Yeah, which I feel like that was definitely a downside, except for the instances where his gun buddy was there. Um, yeah, Luke was in episode 14. Yeah, I like the episode with Luke in it. 14, you know, was fun. Um, it had a good cast of characters. I like Stella. Uh, but 15, I did not care for 15 at all. I guess we'll s sort of start with 14, uh, with Luke meeting Stella and her father and uh, basically, like, searching for, like, a special relic. I believe it is. Uh, well, no, it's no, it's it's not a relic. It's that uh, what what's ha what the deal is? Oh, yeah, it's a trial. Or no, we already finished the trial. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Luke, he he basically the uh, the trial, like the uh, the guy at the trial pointed him to this town where there's a yeah. where there's a sealed horror, and like Stella and her grandfather, like sort of have some awareness of like what the name what the deal with this horror is but only with couched in a like in a kind of legendary uh framework yeah like local folklore sort of deal yeah 
Um, I also like their house and like their sort of messy bookshelf. <laughs> like they just got a, a bunch of different like random books in there. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like them as characters though there's not a whole lot to say about this episode because it's very much like luke meets some new characters who are fun and then they solve a mystery and then he murders a horror um so there isn't a whole lot going on but it it's fun like it's fun cast characters in this episode and i always like more luke um episode 15 though like there's some like interesting plot stuff that happens, I guess, but I d- did not care for it at all, just because it's it's entirely focused on people who are not the protagonists, um, and has yet more uh like murder of women, and man, Garo sure loves murdering women. That um. I mean, yeah, to be I, fair, Dustin, there's a 50-50 chance. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but all, there there seems to be, like, a higher concentration of woman murder uh, within Garo. Um, and that's not, that's not just a vanishing line thing. That's just, like, a Garo in general thing. Um, having watched all of the anime adaptations and also uh, a few episodes of the live-action series, the original sort of sentai series um but yeah i i found episode 15 like a little bit dull even though we got our first look at what el dorado is and like there were like obviously a lot of like plot revelations that happened um or i guess not necessarily plot revelations but like in we got a lot of information uh i just didn't really enjoy it a lot because uh, I liked it. <clears throat> I thought it was I thought it was I thought it was interesting. Well, the fight scene was okay. Um yeah I'd I didn't really care for like the sort of side plot with the lady who's neuter El Dorado because like okay yeah this is gonna be a side plot where she just gets brutally murdered and yep it totally was. Um Yeah, I was ho- I was hoping they wouldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, same. I was really hoping that they would subvert themselves, but no, they didn't uh, at all. Um, like the the one thing I did find interesting was sort of the blue haired lady with the completely ludicrous outfit, uh, who sort of guards the king of El Dorado. Uh, uh, she has she has an interesting power set. Yeah, she's got to be either the rook or the queen. Yeah, she's got... Uh, initially, it's like, oh, okay, like, she's got, like, deadly flower. She's got, like, flower petals that are super sharp. That's neat. And then, like, at the end, it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I have, like, piranha plant tentacles, and they will eat you alive. <laughs> like, oh, that's a good power. <laughs> that's a pretty good power. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm actually considering um, dropping Garo from, not from my personal viewing, but from the uh, BakaCast review list, uh, just because there are other shows I feel make for more interesting discussion. 
um, that we're currently watching that I don't want to cut. Um, like I'm, I'm gonna like keep watching Garo because I still like Vanishing Line, uh, but uh, every like I don't know. I generally feel like I struggle to find things to talk about it. Just because it's a very like, just because it's a very sort of like predictable show and a very, um, I guess a very both both predict both predictable in like a plot sense and also a quality sense. Well, I don't. I I for me, it's not that it's predictable, but that. It's relatively simple. Yeah. In terms yeah, of Yeah, I guess that that that's a better description of in it. In terms of in terms of its yeah, in terms of its structure and its and its content. There's like not a whole lot to chew over. It's just a very well-made but a well-made straightforward show. With, yeah. Uh, like it, it kind of boils down to like this happened and it was like kind of cool and there was a good fight scene <laughs> like that's sort of what garo delivers um yeah so we, uh, i don't know uh we'll we'll probably like even though i think ben and i will definitely continue watching it and we'll probably uh give it a review at the end of this season um more thoroughly uh but yeah i i'm very tempted to um cut it from our actual like bi-weekly reviews just because it's it's not super interesting to talk about on a bi-weekly basis fair enough even though i even though i do enjoy it a lot um so yeah i'm gonna give episode 14 a five i'm gonna give episode 15 a three uh i'm gonna give episode i'm gonna give episode 14 a five and episode 15 a four all right uh, let's move on to Hakata Tonkotsu Ramen's episodes two and three. Two, uh, two surprised me a little. Yeah, um, like both in a good way and a bad way. Um, I, I was surprised that, like, it actually sort of went ahead with, because uh, it, it kind of made it seem like at the start as like oh yeah he's gonna like the the cross-dressing guy's main thing is gonna be like finding his uh sibling and saving them uh and that's gonna be like his main arc and then they (laughs) just kill her in the second episode um and while i like the idea of that subversion um and sort of adding that wrinkle to his character arc I don't like how it was done because I feel like you could have just murdered her without introducing like implied like torture rape to it. <clears throat> we really didn't need that. As if we didn't have enough reasons to hate the mayor's son. Yeah, yeah, you like because you think like, oh, okay, there's okay, yeah, he tied her up. Okay, I know what's gonna happen now. Like he's gonna be all rapey and then she's gonna and then he, someone's gonna burst in and save the day but no that doesn't happen so they don't show anything but the implication is is yeah she totally got horribly raped and then murdered and that was just how her life ended it's like i didn't need that 
couldn't you just have like murdered her normally like you didn't need to like go that far uh especially since it was very very much a fridging moment um of her dying like largely to uh, provide motivation for the uh male lead uh which you know would have been a bit more defensible if it had just been the murder <laughs> at least at least in my mind but i mean other than that like really poor decision i think uh this show is still like pretty entertaining yeah well yeah as far as it's what's what gets me is its tone i'm not sure it entirely meshes with itself. yeah it's a yeah it's a very weird tone because um it, it feel at one moment it'll feel a lot like durarara uh and then it'll shift into again like brutal rape mur murder and it's like okay that was okay uh it's some i i think at at some times that shift is handled well um or at least like it, it's fine i don't I, i'm not really bothered by it but at other times it's very much at odds with how the rest of the episode feels um and it just is kind of tonal whiplash so yeah it's, also, it's a very weird show in that regard also the uh the what's his face bono Brun bruno i can't remember what his name is the other male lead uh, uh it's totally the samurai dude uh oh yeah definitely okay yeah the the male the other guy is bonba bonba <clears throat> right and the cross-dressing dude yeah is, the the cross-dressing dude who... is lynn yeah bonba the one who looks incompetent but he's secretly gonna be the best yeah I also like the backstory between the eye patch guy and him. He was like, "Yeah, I was gonna sniper the dude, and then he showed up and killed him, and then threw a dagger like through my sniper scope." And yeah, then it's the like, shrapnel wait, wait a minute. from my scope. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. First of all, that dagger throw is <laughs> like the guy's looking at him from a sniper rifle. It's anime. And then he it's just anime. threw a dagger, and not only did that dagger be accurate, it was accurate enough to hit the, uh, the, the, the scope and then go into his eye. Uh, guys, like, I want to, uh, I want to just briefly sidetrack for a second, because uh, I'm, I went back to the Crunchyroll page for uh, ramens to like, um, you know, skip through some episodes just to refresh myself, uh, and I just noticed um, under the viewers also liked. They list Hitori no Shita, Blood of Oars, and Handshakers. And I feel kind of called out. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, they also put the reflection there, so they've got one good show. But also, <laughs> I feel a little bit insulted, Crunchyroll. What are you trying to say about me? <laughs> that I like ramens. Uh, uh, well, I... <laughs> Okay, uh, I don't know, it may partially, well, it may partially be my fault, because, uh, I, there are actually things that I liked about, uh, Hitori Noshita. 
And oh, even... I don't even I don't even remember what Hitori Yoshida is. So, uh, well, it's, I'm it's... Most, I'm mostly going off the Blood of Ors and the Handshakers recommendations. Oh, actually, oh, Aaron, I'm surprised. I'm surprised in your like list of ridiculous things that you didn't mention the knife gun. It's actually not that ridiculous. Yeah, I know. It's just it's just really funny because like, ha! I've got a knife. It's like, don't you know knives do nothing to me? It's like, what <laughs> if it's also a gun? Dun dun dun! You're not immune to guns, are you? <laughs> that was. Uh... I just like, I just like after that, he's like, if you were a real professional, you would have known about knife pistols. Yeah. I also like the scene where, um, I can't remember his name, but he's, he's explaining to the, the sort of blonde haired lead, the difference between like, uh, titty bars and cabarets. And he's like, and every answer is, it's a place where you get to touch boobs. And he's like, I don't, why all three? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so that's the thing about the, the is the, uh, that's the thing about the, uh, about the tone, like the tone. It's like, cause like you got these like actually really great jokes. Yeah, like and, I think where it excels at, I think where it excels at meshing them is when the jokes are like a little more dry, like the titty bar joke, because <laughs> that's a very sarcastic kind of dry kind of joke. Yeah, and <laughs> right, so it's got this, right, so, so yeah, so it's got these these really, you know, really well done jokes, but yeah, but like in other places, the tone is deadly serious. Yeah, I, I feel like it doesn't nail the the switching between the tones very well. Right. Yeah. Again, I feel that's mostly an issue, not necessarily with like the the dialogue jokes, because the jokes delivered through do- dialogue tend to be like more drier and if it mesh well, be- mesh better with the tone. It's more when they get into like durarara, like antic sort of jokes. That where that's where it starts feeling weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, also just I think the art style in general also doesn't help because it very it's very much a reminds you of like a traditional bones shonen show, uh, which tend to sort of be a bit more lighthearted with like lower stakes whereas this is a lot darker uh both in premise and also in like the events that happened so the art style also doesn't seem to be entirely like uh suited to what is actually happening i don't know we'll see yes yeah, I'm still liking it, but also, yeah, the cri- like all the criticisms we mentioned are extremely valid. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm gonna give these episodes fours. Uh, I'm gonna give episode two a three, um, just because I like really didn't care for how that ended, or at least I think it was two. 
Yeah, yeah, it was two. It was, yeah, I'll I'll give I'll give three a four though. Yeah, I think I'll give them both a four. Um, all right, let's uh, finish off with Darling in the Franks, episodes two and three. Uh, I actually, I was gonna watch episode two and then I completely forgot about it. Um, I the things I saw about episode two was like Trigger has apparently learned nothing from the more problematic aspects of Gurren Lagann. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it, it's, it's <laughs> hilarious. Honestly, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's dumb and silly, but it's incredibly entertaining. Like, do, have you seen how they pilot the mecha? Yes. Yes. Okay. That is, that is specifically what I'm thinking of where the like males pilot normally, but the females like go into the traditional fan service mecha motorcycle pose. Uh, and also, they have the handlebars that the male uses just sticking off of their asses, like literally attached to their butts. And it's like, oh my god, really? Yeah, yeah, it's completely ridiculous. Some, somehow that's even more embarrassing than Kill a Kill. Uh, also, there's... <laughs> my favorite thing from episode two is when they show him in the, the practice mecha. Um... I do not, oh oh you just posted the screenshot okay yeah oh my god <laughs> it's like what purpose does that serve I feel this feels like a Dojin premise I'm gonna be <laughs> honest it's just completely ridiculous and I kind of love it <sighs> I just. It's incredibly stupid. One of these days, I'd like a trigger show with trigger not going like extremely trigger about it. <laughs> like, I mean, but, well, we did. Isn't that kind of and it was called Little Witch Academia. I know, yeah, I know, and and that was good. But I'd like a mecha show that doesn't make me feel embarrassed to watch it at times. I'd like a good mecha show. It's been a while since we had one. Yeah. Um. Also, like, if I'm gonna watch something like really silly, I I'll I just like I'll just finish Aquarian E Ball, <laughs> which is like I guess which brings me to my my sort of main question is so you're you're enjoying it, but like, is it better? Like, has it gotten at all better than any of the show that's aping? <clears throat> Well, uh, uh, so, uh, I do kind of like the mechs. The mech designs are pretty good. They're interesting, and the faces are weird. Yeah, I, I, I do like the mech designs, and again, partly because they remind me a lot of the designs in Star Driver. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like too few. That's a very rare type way of designing a mech, so I'm always happy to see that pop up uh, when it does. But yeah, like, I don't know. I Have the characters gotten more interesting? Uh, I do kind of like the lead and the fact that he's sort of anti-Shinji. That's interesting to me, because, like, at the start, he seemed very much like a Shinji knockoff. 
It's like, okay, no. we know Shinji, and now let's do, like, a like worse Shinji. No, basically, when when it pops out that he's written the, the thing, the entire thing for episode two and three is basically, put me back in the game, coach. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because, like... You know, he, he like yeah he got he you know he got to like ride in the super he got to ride in the super mech with uh, zero two and he's like and you know he wants to get back in the mech again and and like the people in charge won't let him yeah mainly because zero two is psycho yeah but also zero oh zero two is the best character in the show and. I'm always going to be down for a show that basically has a succubus as the main character. <laughs> it's pretty good. I also love the naming scheme for the characters. Yeah, they're based on their numbers. Yes, completely. What's even better is 002, which would end up being pronounced as O and Ni. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, didn't I, we talk about that on the previous I, I actually I actually noticed this in the first episode. Yeah, Ben. Oh, yeah, I remember well, Ben bringing it up to me. Yeah. All right, I wasn't here. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what you get when you skip out on episodes. <laughs> I was oh, wait, in Vegas. You were in Las Vegas, right? Yes, true. And I'm gonna be damned if I'm gonna sit in a hotel and do a podcast while I'm in Vegas. That's fair, fair point. Oh, why not? <laughs> Aaron, you never say you have anything exciting to do. You can always join us in a podcast. I mean, when he's at home, not when yeah. he's in Vegas. I also like the the fight scene at the end of episode three. It was very like Muv Love beta fight scene, hmm. and I really liked it. Yeah, I, I'll uh, I'll probably catch up if only to give it a bit more of a chance because I I it's a trigger mecha show. I do really want to like it, but man, the first episode was not a good first impression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I that's the thing is that. The, the the first episode had showed it had some potential, uh, and I think it's doing it's. Uh, I'm still enjoying it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's right. completely silly and ridiculous, but highly enjoyable and entertaining. Also, it has a four coma done in the style of panty and stocking. Oh wait, so, it done in the style of panty and stocking? Oh man. Yeah. Hmm. I posted it before. Yeah, I just post... I just didn't look at it. So, okay. Oh, Mind, I see it. Mindless okay. entertainment. The first one is just great. Because he's like, wait a minute. She jumped out of the water and got that fish. Is she going to eat it? <laughs> I I really wish that's what would have happened. She just, she, just like, to- like- she just like tosses the fish up and then like it just lands in her mouth. Yeah, the the four comas are pretty good. Also, like Oni's design works really well with the Panion stocking art art style. It does. Yeah, I haven't checked that out yet. I haven't checked that one anyway. out yet. It, it's worth it, even if you don't like the show. It's worth it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that'll be. Uh, what do you give? What rating do you give these? This show? Uh, I'm gonna give them fours. I'm going to give episode one a three and two and three a four. Also, <laughs> the uh, the way they bypass the security screen seems like a huge 
uh, security hole. Uh, so okay. I, Basically, explain, there, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's this. Um, Oni tries to take the main character through this uh, section that's normally off limits because apparently they have like IDs embedded in their hands, I guess. Um, and she goes through, and it lights up green. And he tries to go through, and it lights up red. So he's not allowed to enter. And she's like, no, we'll just do it this way. And then he basically, she basically like grabs his hand like they're dancing. And then they, they put their hand through together, and it goes green. Oh, that, I... That's a rather, that's a rather large secure... Oh, if you want an example, it's Chapter 7. Yeah, the four, four in, in fact, as you were saying that, I was looking at the four coma of it. Yeah. That's yeah, so like, goofy. That seems like a rather large security vulnerability. Yeah. <sighs> at least get some biometrics in there. Also... <laughs> what was blocked off was basically like a balcony that just overlooks the city. <laughs> it's it's kind of weird. Uh, anyway, uh, that'll be it for um, this episode of Botcast. We will be doing Fate Extra next time because uh, Aaron forgot to watch it. Uh, the one thing I will say about it, because I did watch it, uh, is that initially it seemed weird that they were choosing Shaft to adapt a, f a Fate adaptation. Um, but after watching that first episode, I, I get it now. I understand why oh, it chose it, Shaft it was, it was to the right adapt studio, this, huh? ex this extremely weird show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can handle any more extremely weird uh, Do you know, just to give you sort of a, a general idea, like... You know how Shaft had a tendency in their Monogatari adaptations to have like kind of um, like almost sort of like otherworldly M.C. Escher-esque landscapes for characters to walk through? Mm. There, There is some of that stuff going on <clears throat> in this first episode. <laughs> yes, yes there is. Uh, I see, and it seems so entirely appropriate for the setting. I see the guy said the guy with limited line of sight. Man, I can't get any. Forget this. <laughs> yeah. More anyway. Uh, uh, yeah. So we'll talk about that next week. I think our I think our final list is probably going to be Cardcaptor Sakura, Magus Bride, uh, Violet Evergarden, Kokoku Universe. Um, possibly ramens um we'll we'll see if that's one that uh, we actually talk about or one that just we just watch independently and also we'll see about darling in the franks so those two are on the maybes um so cutting garo uh, but we will ben and i will continue watching it mm -hmm. uh and we may be adding fate extra so uh yeah that's gonna be one two three four five six Five definites, um, possibly up to eight, though. Foo man. No. <laughs> uh, five, five, I think is, I, I, five is I, a nice round even number. Yeah, I, I think I would be more likely to uh, uh, cut Franks and Ramens from weekly discussions and just like do uh, recaps at the end. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm still following Grand Crest, uh, Grand Crest Senki. Oh yeah, how is that? It's pretty good. Uh, nice, because it, it it seemed at least from the description, it seemed a bit generic. Well, yeah, the basic uh, like the basic premise is uh, not terribly original, but the execution is solid, hmm. and the uh, and the characters are. Especially the main, especially the the main female character, Silica, she is so great. Nice, that's yeah. good. I read the manga. I do like her. I can't stand the main male lead. Oh yeah, Theo. Yeah, he's uh, he's kind of yeah, he's pretty bland. But yeah, but but Silica is the real hero here. Yeah. God, there is a gigantic banner for One Piece, uh, apparently the new arc, up on Crunchyroll, and I'm still, I'm still completely shocked by how many episodes of One Piece there are. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've yeah, stopped. I thought, I've, it, I thought that, New York. I'm still, I'm still following the manga, but I've stopped watching the anime about, like, 200 episodes ago. Yeah, it is at eight hundred twenty-three episodes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, what I, in the world? I stopped I mean, watching after episode six hundred twenty-five. Oh god, that is. If you want to catch up on that show, you have to year. watch like nearly four hundred hours. Yeah, a year. That's completely insane. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I thought I thought Inuyasha was long, and then I ran into. Uh, actually, I want to calculate this. Naruto. Let's say it's like about 24 episodes, which is generally how long they are. And, and so then 8, times. there's Detective Conan. And then, yeah, there's there's way too many anime that seem like, uh, you know, days of our life. Okay, yeah. So just yeah. like just a little over 329 hours. Uh, sure. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, out. okay. The, the, thing is, okay so the thing to do about One Piece, if you want to catch up, just read the manga. Yeah, it's going to be much quicker. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure one's brain can take it. I don't think I will ever bother with One Piece, though. I'm sure one's brain can handle written material faster. Especially not when Hunter Hunter is sitting like right there that I still haven't finished, and is a much more reasonable episode count. <laughs> yes, yeah. Hunter Hunter had the complete story in 148 episodes. Can you imagine how much shit I would get from Fathomless Blue if I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to start One Piece now <laughs> before finishing Hunter x Hunter? Yeah, I just felt the ground shake, so careful what you wish there. <laughs> I mean, I, I, would never, I would never do that, but can you imagine? <laughs> oh, I, could, I can what? hear him now, yeah. It's, uh... Oh, I think, I think he would try to murder me through, the, through Twitter. With mind bullets. Yeah. 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 That's called telekinesis, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Good night, Lucy. Yeah, let's end this. I have to go to sleep in half an hour. Uh, ben. Dustin. Three, two, one. Kiramosh. Uh, for you people in the Midwest who are freezing your collective tuchuses off, I feel for you and I join you in saying, all right, spring can show up. Ground dog, I don't care what the groundhog sees. You know, spring starts in two weeks. Bye. Hey, Dustin, isn't it like 80 degrees here? Oh, yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's 22 yeah, heading to nice. six. I'll ship mm, it your way.
That's a shame. Yeah, I know. Because I can Night feel everybody. it coming through the walls. Goodbye. Good night, everybody. <laughs>